It is Monday, uh, July the 18th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup and AFL Adjacent Podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And it's appropriate, Will, uh, that just before we rolled up, you were worried about your dog, because I believe that everyone who's vying for that eighth spot is now worried about the dogs. No one wants eighth spot except for the good old bottom boys. They are eyeing that eighth spot <laughs> like, hey, we know this game. We've done it a couple of times. We want that eighth spot. Richmond clearly don't want it. Saints definitely don't want it. The Suns, well, they don't want it. Bottom boys, though. I'm putting my I'm putting my house on the bottom boys. Uh, no, no, I reckon, you know, there was that bull symbol that the yeah. Bulldogs were doing. I reckon that is actually the bottom boy symbol. <laughs> They've come out with a cover story, which I think is very smart, which is basically them saying, no, 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 Bevo told us this story about these bulls and when they're getting attacked, they, like, you know, they can beat off these, like, um, other... So, sorry, I didn't mean to say beat off. <laughs> I mean, they can... <laughs> Interesting choice of words. <laughs> we give them pictures of Bailey Smith without his shirt on and they can beat off and that distracts them while we beat them in games of football. I think it's the, actually this, the bottom boy signal and they yeah. have finally embraced their true destiny to be bottom boys and they've come up with this like bottom boy symbol that they can give to each other where they all secretly know, hey, like when Bont kicked that goal and he ran back into the centre, he was just going, hey guys, I'm proud to be a bottom boy. I am did- Marcus Bontempelli, your captain. <laughs> And I am a bottom boy. And it's weird too, like, because that was the first game of the round. And basically, you know, you're like, okay, well, the Bulldogs have done enough to keep themselves. They didn't even play that well, but done enough to keep themselves in the hunt. But then to see Richmond... By the way, I got I got a real insight into how long it takes me to feel comfortable with the Bulldogs. Yeah. Seven goals in a row. <laughs> At seven goals in a row... I was like, all right, I reckon I can start enjoying this now. <laughs> well, this game is the first one of the year that I turned off. And it was I, was, I had it on delay by about half an hour because of like family stuff. And I started watching and I was like a two minutes into it and already I'm like, no, oh, this stinks to high heaven. Like we weren't switched on. And then a mate of mine who's a Bulldog supporter who's a half an hour into the future Text me a screenshot <laughs> to say, hey, check out this lead. I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch anymore. And I watched a wonderful film called Love and Mercy about Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. That was my I saw Friday that night. You, you announced, uh, yeah. you know, they say on Twitter, it's not an airport, you don't need to announce your departure. <laughs> but you went on to Twitter and you announced your departure. I am done with this game. And I was watching that and I saw you step out. And then there was a point in the game, and this is the power of commentary, I think, where BT convinced me that the Saints were still the chance. Yeah. Like, in that, like, final quarter, what really happened was the Bulldogs just, like, the Saints were trying to get some, they stopped and the (laughs) Saints were trying to get some pride and there was no real chance ever that, like, it would have been a miraculous victory for the Saints to come back, right? Which we'd done in 2015, where you guys were 48 points up at halftime or something and we came back and won. I know, but this just would have been a turnaround in form. That was so because you guys just never looked good. No, like that was the the truth. Like I felt confident because I was like, I don't know. I just don't think they can go from being as bad as they suddenly are to looking as good as they would need to be to win this. And but BT 
Like because of course they have to, you know, make sure that people think that you know they can watch till the end. There's still, you know, Roaming Brian's coming up. You got to keep people watching Channel Seven. So, um, I was convinced. I was mm. like, "Fuck, they're gonna get it. They're gonna get us." I look. I I wasn't watching, but I was periodically checking my phone, and I did see uh, some Saint supporter on Twitter at halftime say, "Okay, look." Two quick goals in the first, first, in the start of the third quarter, and we'll be back in this. And then I checked the fifteen seconds ago. Well, there were two quick goals, just yeah. not from us. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck has happened to the Saints? It is, it's 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 so sink killing me that in the year that we come up with sink killing me, which has worked like a charm for every other fucking team we've come up with a slogan for, it backfires on sink Kilda. It and like I honestly don't. I actually think it's the opposite. I think this is the year you need to like for it to really pay off next year. Like there was no good just being like a team that scraped into the eight. That was yeah, no good true. for St. Kill and me. You need to look like you could make the finals. You need to start the season like you're definitely going to be a top four side and then fall away desperately and finish tenth. That is actually what you need to set up St. Kill and me. It's the reversed Sydney. You remember when Sydney like lost the first seven games or eight games from a few years ago? And so we've decided we're going to start like a house on fire and just yeah. capitulate. But the, but the thing I don't understand about the way we're capitulating is you're right. Like we look terrible, but but we're not. Like evidence suggests that we're not a terrible side, <laughs> right. yeah. that we can play football. It's not like, yeah. you know, we've just got, we've got like, uh, we're like North Melbourne or, or anything like that. Like we actually have good players. They just... Right. have decided not to play or <laughs> like is it what's going on i honestly well, i thought no your idea. tactic of not like you know kicking the ball that, to bulldogs players at every opportunity your, your tactic that you identified that the bulldogs have a weak back line so you thought you know what let's never take it down there and give them <laughs> the opportunity to work out whether it is like the fact that you were just so willing to keep it in our forward line i was like thank you this is very helpful well, I just saw a highlights package of all these like switches, like switches. Mm. Now, look, I'm no uh, ta like uh, tactical, tact tactical genius. I was going to say, because <laughs> it proves my point. <laughs> Can't even I, say it. I'm no tactician, will. But I think it doesn't a switch. The idea with the switch is you catch yeah. you catch the other team off guard and out of position. You try and like get to the yeah. fat side of the ground. So I saw this compilation where these like long looping balloon kicks to the middle of the ground that gave at least three or four bulldogs ample. Time. They were running from the front, from the front, from the back, just to get to this ball and spoil. It's like, what is going on? Like, who told you to switch like that? Was that a part of the game plan? I just, it's just. Staggering. I can't imagine if they've walked in like during the week and just gone, boys. I reckon the best plan is keep kicking it to Marcus Bontempelli. <laughs> Like, I don't feel like that should be part of your game plan. Well, we also at St Kilda love to play an out-of-form player into form. Like, that's what we do better than anyone Man, else. Like you gotta... And on behalf of all Bulldogs fans, <laughs> let me be the first to say thank you. Thank you very much. So it wasn't a convincing victory by the Bulldogs, but you are in the hunt. Um, what well, was interesting... here's, what, here's what I would say is, like, yeah. it was amazing to remember how good Marcus Montepelli is. Like, he like had one of those games that he played like 15 of last year, but hasn't been able to do this year for various reasons. But that gave me a bit of hope. I was like, oh, if Bonk could play that well for the rest of the season, we are a chance at beating some of these other teams we need to be. The fact that we did it without Norton, which I mm. think actually 
showed us a few things. Josh Bruce will be better than he was, you'd hope. Like, I mean, you know, no, I mean, he's been out for a very long time, but clearly it looked like he'd been out for a very, very long time. I thought there were some pretty positive signs for the Bulldogs, despite the fact that, yes, we did not play. I think, I mean, we've missed Caleb Daniel a lot, and I don't think people are talking about that very much, but he is such a huge part of how that back line sets up. But I like Trelaw back there. Yeah, there was a lot to like about the Bulldogs. Like, like you know, it was nice to see Jamara play not a perfect game. Oh, that's another, means, but another player we played into form. Yeah, that was, that, <laughs> like again, the most disappointing number one draft pick in say, history. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> played him into form. Fantastic. But it's funny because, like, you know, the, the Kane Corns phenomenon has swept the AFL and everyone's, like, trying to make a controversial statement. Even David King was suggesting that, like, Bevo should come under scrutiny. This is post-match, after the victory. They're still in the finals hunt and David King. And I think Jason Dunstall speaks for most football fans when he, with this reaction. What's, well, what's gone wrong there, Jason? I would have thought. What's gone I would wrong? have thought in the Living last the five years, if you've got, or well, last six years, you've got a flag and a grand final. Not a hell of a lot's gone wrong. They might miss the eight. You can't be there every year, mate. It's a tough game. There miss are the a eight. lot of good teams there. He's got a flag right and a grand right final. Right 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 <laughs> I mean, let me be the first to say, Chief, you make a good point. Like, come on, Kingy, shut up. Like, firstly, we're still. A chance, like a very slim chance, but it was still a chance to make the finals. We've yeah. had a whole bunch of reasons why we haven't been at our best. Like, you can see better days ahead. Like, it hasn't been a terrible season. It's been disappointing. But for it to, yeah, we made the grand final last year, but we finished fifth. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be disappointed if we don't make the eight, and I don't think we will. But I, I don't look at this as being like a terrible season. It's just kind of one of those disappointing in-between seasons. And we still don't know what... Health and safety protocols. The 19th team, health and safety <laughs> protocols are going to do this finals race. Like, you just might be lucky enough that you get a team in COVID week. I mean, that feels like, if the Bulldogs were to win another flag, that feels like exactly the circumstances. Through health and safety <laughs> protocols. We just have a great run with health and safety protocols. Yeah, it's like the grand, the 2016 grand final. Right. You had like 30 free kicks to one or something right. like that, and Buddy breaks his leg in the first two minutes. Like, that's the kind of that's the kind of luck a Bulldog needs to win a grand final. I mean, maybe this is why the Bulldogs seem to have had three or four players out every week. Maybe Bevo's been taking them out and giving them COVID. Yeah, right. Because the best chance him. to be immune during the finals is to have recently had it so he's just been gradually giving everybody COVID now uh, a player that we uh, have fallen in love with on the show Will is uh, Cheeky Jack Cheeky Jack Ginevan yes. um, not Cheeky Jack Ginevan which has taken me better part of a year to learn uh, a lot of controversy around uh, is he being umpired differently and I'm sort of a bit like flabbergasted this has even become a point of discussion I thought we just accepted the fact that all players in AFL are umpired differently we let Buddy, like, do his arc. We let Joel Selwood duck his head. Like, is it really that shocking that Jack Ginnivan is being umpired like that? Firstly, let me just say, by the way, leave Cheeky Jack alone. I'm going to, you're going to, there's going to be a YouTube video of me under a blanket with eyeliner on crying saying, leave Cheeky Jack alone. I don't want people to pick on Cheeky Jack. I don't, I think it's fine. If he wants to duck in for freeze and that, go for it. It's, it's totally up to him. Pay them, don't pay them. I don't care. But yeah, the umpires are going to umpire differently like they've done for forever. Yes, 100%. Like, of course, because not everybody plays in the same way or in the same manner. So it would be absolutely ridiculous to think that you could perfectly umpire people in that same manner. And also, I think it would be a mistake. Yes. Like, people are always calling for these things to be so uniform and so mm -hmm. draconian. For what purpose? 
<laughs> like, do you really want to drain all the emotion, all the beautiful things, this oval ball that bounces in different directions? Like, that is the beauty of the game. Yes. Like, one of the things I love about the NBA and why the NBA is one of the, you know, most entertaining sports in the world, they were just like, oh, you know what rule just makes it look boring? travel so let's ignore it most of the time right like let's not to worry about like if someone does a really good dunk and they take like four steps then whatevs i guess is the attitude that we have and i think there should be a little bit more of that in the afl like i think that he's ducking too much and i think it's fair that he's not getting paid the freeze because i think if you duck the rule is if you duck you shouldn't get the free kick but That's he should right. get them when he doesn't duck, it just should be. It shouldn't really be about his personality. It should be about whether he ducked or not. It's the libertarian view of umpiring a game. It's like each to their own. You take care of yourself. If you choose to make a mistake, then that's you have to wear the consequences. And I think that is perfectly fine. And if we're not, I think, well, you know what we've got to do? We've got to get Jordan Peterson in to write the <laughs> AFL rules. 12, 12, 12, Twelve rules for umpiring an AFL game. <laughs> yeah. You know, First, I think it's, it's strange that. These footballers, uh, Jack Ginevan would duck his head. I mean, obviously, he's got to look at the lobster and see how the lobster plays football. I mean, maybe that should be what? the new Tasmanian team, the Tasmanian Lobsters. You know, they, the 19th I mean, day belt. I love the idea of a Jordan Peterson-led <laughs> libertarian, libertarian like Tasmanian, Tasmanian team. team. Yes, because it's an island, like a perfect place for libertarians to have their libertarian experiments, right? Yeah. But yeah, it would be great if the AFL rule book was only 12 rules and rule number one was get up and make your bed, right? Yeah. Keep your room tidy. Right. I mean, he could be pulled up like the cameras could catch him like ripping through a player and they're like, do you think that maybe you're being a bit harsh? He's like, well, in order to be a better footballer, <laughs> one must risk being offended. <laughs> That's a pretty deep Jordan Peterson cut. Look it up. Uh, another thing that I noticed in that game, the Adelaide uh, uh, Collingwood game, was um, Kelly Underwood yes. drifting into Hamish McLaughlin territory. Oh. So uh, Riley Thilthorpe. Is it Thilthorpe? Yes. yes. Is it Thilthorpe? I can never Thil get this right. It's Thilthorpe? Riley Thil Thilthorpe. Is it Thilthorpe? Riley is it Thilthorpe or Thilthorpe? Well, it's spelt with a TH. Is, is the H silent? Riley Thilthorpe or Riley Thilthorpe? I mean, <laughs> I think it's Thilthorpe. H the second why is the first h silent and the second h not silent or are they yeah, both well, it must be thilthorpe then because <laughs> there's two h's it doesn't weird. sound right though does it it's weird that within one name though you would go from like a yeah i've got two h's in my name one silent <laughs> yeah, you be the judge <laughs> yeah <laughs> you uh, can call so me thilthorpe or thilthorpe <laughs> that's it so so uh, Riley, let's just call yes. him Riley, was lining up for goal. He wears the number seven on his back. And this was uh, Kelly's little bit of trivia. Seven is his favourite number. He wears the number seven. He was looking for his seventh goal of the season. But he's offline. Unlucky. Mm. Born on the seventh of the seventh. Playing his seventh, eighth game. There you go, nearly <laughs> Oh, oh, no. no. Kelly. You didn't stick the landing, Kelly. Oh, no. Oh, that <laughs> felt like one you had pre-prepared as well, not one you were doing on the fly. I think she did. I think she met, she missed up the, her dates when she was looking at the, the roster for the commentary over the round. She's like, oh, mate, I have got... I have got a bit of commentary to put Dwayne to shame. And you know like, what I like about it. this, though? I was thinking about Kelly on the weekend when I was watching her commentate, and I think that... Um, I think she does a great job. Like she's a really good, you know, call of the play commentator, I think. But 
when, the only time that you're going to have true equality with the blokes is when she's making a couple of clangers as well and we can start to make fun of her. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. then you know oh. she's really kind of like, you know, women are held to this higher standard so she always has to be perfect and I like the fact that she's kind of fucked something up. I think it humanizes her and I think she's a pioneer in the game and also, I don't know, I'm sorry, I was going to look at the run sheet. So I, I might I might have gone all Robbo again this week. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Charlie, but... There's been a lot of commentary from Rex Hunt and Dermot Brereton. That's and not, not on the run sheet. You're, you're clear. Go. <laughs> okay. About Daisy Pierce. Yeah, yeah. And uh, her role. Daisy Pierce is 100% the best boundary rider commentator in the AFL. There is no doubt in my mind that you can make whatever arguments you want to make, but if you're making an argument around Daisy Pierce, I can't help but think it has to do with the fact that she's a woman. Because based on her knowledge of the AFL and the way that she contributes to that commentary, like if any other player, like I don't mean to call out other ex-footballers that they get to do that role, but she's better than all of them. Yeah. Like if those words were coming out of Luke Hodge's mouth or Eddie Betts's mouth or whoever else it might be, we would just be talking about week after week the incredible insight that they're giving to the game. So... Like, people who think that Daisy Pierce is... Anyway, go fuck yourself, Rex Hunt, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, I did read the, uh, the the comments under the uh, the, the Twitter link to the, the Dermot Burton update. And uh, judging from the people in the comments, uh, it's entirely because she's a woman. <laughs> well, oh, okay. nothing, nothing to do with her experience. It's entirely um, driven by misogyny. Yeah. Uh, now, I want to like bring the tone down a bit, um, if we can, <laughs> even lower. <laughs> And talk about the fact that the goddamn cats and the goddamn swans are fucking mm. good. Again. Yep. Again. Mm. I mean, does this piss anyone else off? Like, how do they keep doing this? How do they keep unearthing and recycling players who turn out to be guns? Like, it's I... that's what they need to be an inquiry. Like, rather than St. Kilda launching a review into its own operations, they need to launch a review into how the cats yeah, and the swans keep getting away with it. Start this. attacking others. Yeah. That's actually a good approach. Looking inward has got you nowhere. Exactly. I, I think that St Kilda should like rally together with like North Melbourne and a few of the other teams and start just going on the attack. It's they look not our so, fault. They look so good. Like Geelong, I mean, I would bought into the commentary last year that, oh, you know, they're a bunch of, it's mm -hmm. dad's army. They're all washed up. They're all yeah. gone. And you look at it now and it's like, I can't see a flaw to their game. <laughs> like, I think they're like, I think they're bulletproof. I mean, maybe I'm just getting sucked into the seven in a row, but... They look so good. And then the Swans are similar, just a much more immature version of that. Yeah, but Geelong, you feel like they've got this, like finally got this next generation of younger players who seem to be establishing themselves. Like it isn't Selwood and Dangerfield and those sort of guys. They're just the icing on the cake now. Like there's these next generation of players. Those forwards, like when you look at what, the, you know, I mean, Hawkins and Cameron, like yeah. Hawkins I still think is the most reliable like big, you know, that style of footballer. But he's such a generous footballer, like the way that he... I mean, Geelong in general, I find them hard to hate because mm, they they share it around. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they, I mean, they kind of just share it all around. Yeah. Like they're happy to give other people a goal. Like I saw yeah. them singing the song at the end and it was like, they, they, they barely sing the song. Yeah, you know, Geelong. They're just like... It's they, so they, professional. They, yeah, they're just like, yeah, we got it done again. We sing the song at the end because that's what people expect of us. I saw some stat that like Joel Selwood sung that song like 256 <laughs> times or something ridiculous like that in his career. 
Like, I was going to bring Joel Seld up because I've been thinking a lot about the cats as well. And I was, because I, I look at St Kilda and I feel like there's a leadership vacuum. Like, I don't think we have the charismatic on-field and off-field leader who has like standards up here and it's either my way or the highway. Not to say that he's necessarily, you know, like a fucking drill sergeant, although I bet he is. <laughs> like, I don't think you'd want to fucking <laughs> drop a handball or, or fuck up a, something at training in front of Joel Selwood. But do you think if you have a guy like that who just, uh, his, his standards are so high and he aspires to excellence and he's a leader of men that it just does give your team an extra 20%. Like anyone who comes into your system, like any new kids, any like Tyson Stengels or whatever you bring in, they're like, oh fuck, like this is how it's done at the Cattery. I mean, Stengel is such a great story. Like he is, he's like a different footballer. Like, you know, it, it's not even like you're like, oh, yeah, this is what he showed potential of. He's added so many elements to his game and plays that uncompromised. I mean, I, there was some stat the other night, I think, that like Selwood and Hawkins have like missed one final series in their career or something like that. And it's like, you're right. I get, I, you just get used to being successful, Yeah. right? Yeah. You have Your expectation is that every year you will make the finals. Like that's what you do at Geelong. That's what you do at Sydney. And the success story of those two teams, you know, to well, just consistently be able to, and like, I don't think that either of the coaches get the credit they deserve. When we talk about the great AFL coaches, like, I mean, look, they're in the mix, but I don't, I don't think that Longmire or Chris Scott actually get the credit they deserve as being like great AFL coaches. Especially this year. Like Longmire, I think it's a bit different because he's been sort of doing a semi-rebuild. And so he kind of gets a bit more leeway because if they drop some games, it's more understandable. Whereas when Geelong were kind of battling at the start of the year and they, you know, danger was out and they had a few players coming back from injury, he was really under the microscope and was copying it. And now you look at what he was doing playing the long game and he's like, you know what, we're going to roll the dice and we're just going to put all these guys in for surgery, give them as much time as they need. I reckon we can hold the fort until and win enough games so that when they come back, we just start humming again. And he was right. He was bloody right. And it really pisses me off that he backed himself what, and, what, and he came we, through. While we weren't looking, he's turned Mark Blitzarves into the best midfielder best in the utility. AFL. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Do you know we he's a steeplechaser? He has got a background in uh, athletics. Mate, I just, all I remember, it, like, again... So much commentary when he started about how it did never work. And instead, he's just turned into... Like, what he did to Cripps in that game was... You were like, this is brutal. <laughs> Man, amazing. Well, yeah, so Tyson Stengel is probably the feel-good story of the year. Do you know what a, a more feel-a-gooder story is? Okay, tell me. Paddy McCartan. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the time when St Kilda is desperate for another key back, yeah. <laughs> it turns out we had an All-Australian fucking under our noses the whole time. We wow. just didn't realise it. I really thought his career was over. Everyone did, yeah, clearly. I just thought he was just never going to play football again. The idea that he could play, at least I reckon he might make the All-Australian squad, right? Definitely. I and think so be. that's amazing. Amazing. I mean, and he's playing so well. Like, yeah. it sort of makes me think that, like, I mean, there were some people at the Saints calling about for him to go into the back line because maybe that would help him with the concussions because he's got the game in front of him. He's not sort of getting smashed into from behind. 
But then I was like, maybe it's just one of those sliding doors things where it's like he could never do that at St Kilda. There was too much baggage. There was too yeah. much pressure. He came as the number one pick. Every time he had a setback, people rolled their eyes. Here we go again. And so that's what Sydney does better than almost any club in Australia is they rehabilitate like not only injured players, but dickheads. Like dickheads go to Sydney and become good blokes. <laughs> yeah. It's unfathomable. I mean, basically, I think that must be the Sydney offer, right? They're just. It must like, be the only example in Australia where someone goes to Sydney and becomes less of a dickhead. <laughs> I guess that's what they meant by their no dickheads policy, right? Like, yeah, was we have this like secret thing that we can do that will separate you from everybody else who ever comes to this city is that <laughs> we will be able to reverse dickhead you. <laughs> um, the ruse. Let's talk about the ruse. Yeah. We said last week that maybe, maybe they'd found a vein of Shinvona spirit flowing under Arden Street. <sighs> now, I got two theories. Okay. Either they found a fresh well of Shinvona spirit flowing under Arden Street or Richmond, who I believe are doing renovations at Punt Road, mm -hmm. <laughs> cracked open the earth <laughs> and released some Richmondy. <laughs> now, you said on our tips last uh -huh. Thursday, because I kind of picked this. I said it was a danger yeah. game and I had a feeling in my waters that the Roos might get up with their ruck advantage. And you were poo-pooing me and said, look, if the Tigers lose this, Richmondy is back. So, Will... Is Richmondy back? I mean, the fact that they had 11 more scoring shots than the opposition and still managed to lose to the worst team in the competition uh, was pretty Richmondy, I yeah. will say. And they also had the last attacking play of the game. Like you saw that with Arts. I mean, that was, he had the ball 30 metres out on a slight angle and he played on. He like was being a bit of a smart Arts, wasn't he, wasn't he, <laughs> Dwayne? <laughs> pretty uh, pre dynasty. That would have been the most Richmondy, Richmondy. thing ever Very to lose Richmondy. to the bottom team, having kicked, uh, having eleven more scoring shots, and having the ball in the last thirty seconds in your forward line and playing on terribly. Like, well, how about we having your, how about having your captain and best and most reliable backman of the last two years, just uh, two weeks in a row, just <laughs> kicking the ball to the opposition and losing the game? That's pretty Richmondy. It is pretty. Is it kind of like when Kiss, you know? For years, Kiss uh, went out, put with didn't have any makeup no on, makeup. And, and then they're like, "Fuck it!" Like, what do people love? They love the old stuff, and so mm. they they put the makeup. Is, have Richmond because they knew the t public tide was yeah. turning against them. Was like, you know what, we need to do, guys, lose some games in some humiliating and very embarrassing fashions. That'll get yeah. the public back on our side. If you can't be good, be Richmondy. Yeah. We don't like you in between. <laughs> we either want you to be the best or Richmondy. Here's what I will say when it comes to Richmondy that. I feel like on the public record, I need to acknowledge, I feel like you're being written out of history, Charlie. Okay, well, well, before you get to that, yeah. Robbo. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is what I should have looked at the run sheet? Okay, all right. Yeah, so look, I love Jared Whateley. Yes. Lost a bit of respect for him today. Yeah. I, yeah. I I always thought he was a, a, I've heard that he's a journalist Meticulous. who does all his research. Yeah. But this is what he said on SEN today. So I think Will Anderson is the author of Richmondy which was an, an an old syndrome where there were unique and peculiar ways to lose. Now, firstly, 
Beautiful definition of Richmond. I don't think we ever came up with something as eloquent as that. No, he's he's got away with words, doesn't he, Jared? It's like you're like, yeah. yeah, that is. I guess that is what we were going for, and never actually managed to say out loud, articulate. But he did say, "I yes. think." So I yes. will grant him that one courtesy. That's right. And look, to there was an article, obviously, about the podcast in the mainstream media at some stage around Richmondy. And because it was both of our podcasts, and just because I guess that my name is better known in that sort of world than yours, it has ended up being something that is, like not only was on Jared's show this morning, but made it to AFL 360s tonight, I believe, where Jared had to explain the concept of Richmondy to Robbo. So we did not have time to find that clip, but I have been informed reliably that Jared talked about it tonight and had to explain it to Robbo. So we'll get Podcast Mike to find that clip and uh, drop it in so people can have a listen to that as well. But it did take an aid and a bet from Richmond. Is the old Will Anderson syndrome Richmondy? Has is is back with great cost. What was Richmondy? Richmondy was finding perplexing and unique ways to steal defeat from the jaws of victory, uh, which got solved through three premierships in four years. But it 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 has reoccurred. I need to say that I am not the author of Richmondy. Richmondy is. Uh, something I think that you actually said first, Charlie, and then was embraced by our podcast as as a concept, and then I guess made famous by my name. That is, 100%. <laughs> I mean, look, Bob Kane and Bill Finger came yeah. up with Batman uh-huh. together, but Bob Kane was more famous, yes, and so became for for decades known as a character he invented. I am totally fine. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know to what I am? To I'm, two guys, one cup. Yeah. I'm Steve, I, I'm I'm Steve Jobs, and you're, and you're the was. I'm the was. You're the was. <laughs> you're off taking acid, coming up with these freaky ideas. I'm just the nerd who, who comes together with all the clips every week. The 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 claws. The claws. Uh, I also don't think that I invented it because no. a couple of years into the show. I had a few people say, hey, man, like, check out this tweet I sent in 2014 where they'd used Richmondy. Oh, so yeah. I, think- I mean, I don't think we ever claimed that we'd... I think that we just captured something that was in the zeitgeist, right? Yeah. We didn't steal it from anyone. No. The word, the term Richmondy came into my head, but it was a. It seems to be a case of parallel thinking where there were some people yes. out there who had smaller profiles the reason than that, me. So I, the reason so I that guess it if- resonated is that it, it was right, you know? Yes. Like when those people tweeted that thing, it was right. When we said it and captured that moment, it was right. And the reason that Richmondy is back is it's something that resonates as an essential truth about the Richmond Football Club, that they do manage to do whatever it was that Jared said that summed it up well. <laughs> <laughs> well, another team uh, that is hard to get a, a, a grasp on is the Bombers. Um, uh-huh. Awful start to the year. Now they've won like four of their last five. And like... It's a hard enough for me to barrack for the Saints mm-hmm. and the crushing disappointment that that provides every year, week after week. Now my second team. Mm-hmm. I got my hopes up last week. Everyone's just like riding high in that I know Anderson goal and then they turn up and they just fucking capitulate to Essendon, which is a very St Kilda thing to do. Like I think as uh, Daniel Cherney said that like death, taxes and St Kilda capitulate into a mediocre Essendon mm-hmm. side, which is what we did this year. And then the Suns did it as well. Like They didn't even give, give a yelp. But are the Bombers good? Because they looked good. 
they looked really, really good. They had that zip through the midfield. Dylan Shield looked like the player we all thought he was. Like two meter Peter was all over the shop. Like uh, uh, Harrison Jones, like uh, 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 Jake Stringer. Like they should be good, right? Yeah, I think that's why people have been so disappointed that they weren't good, is that they should be good. I think Essendon are one of those teams that when they look good, they are very good. But I think that it they're downhill skiers, I think, at the moment, the Bombers. Yeah. So if you catch them on a good day, then they are they will just run all over the top of you. And look, I, I, so I heard somebody say this morning that it's still mathematically possible for them to make the finals. I think a lot would have to go right for them to do that. But in this season of all seasons, if Essendon like won every single game for the rest of the season and then just made the finals, I'd be like, fuck it, yep, sure, why not? And health and safety protocols. They could health and safety protocols. I mean, Imagine if it's a Bulldogs and Bombers grand final due to health and safety protocols. I mean, if any team deserves the benefit for, for some health and safety protocols, it's probably <laughs> the Bombers after all these years. Uh, now, uh, I was upset that um, uh, other people were taking credit for, for Richmond. Uh, listen to this cheeky guy from Andrew Gaze talking about the Bombers game. This is Andrew Gaze on the bounce. Opportunities. The Bombers, they got off to a four-goal start, thanks mainly to Peter Wright, or as I like to call him, two-metre Peter, kicking two of them. Oh, is that right, Gazy? You like to you like to call him two-metre Peter. <laughs> Man, that's brave, isn't it? To <laughs> really be the person who came up with two-metre Peter. That's like me saying, oh, you know, I just came up with this expression, eat my shorts. Just came up with no, it now. If Jared Whaley had gone on SEN and said, you know, I've been thinking about Richmond's performances yeah. and I think I've come up with the perfect term, yeah. Richmondy. And as that's I like to say, top copyright Jared Whaley. Jared Whaley like to say that performance was Richmondy and here's how I define it. And I dare any other podcast <laughs> to try and define it better than this. Uh, now, well, very exciting. Um, we have a listener called Hugh Tidy who does all the theme music in the oh, show. Yes. So um, he does the, the profile. Thank you. And, and Will Goes Whack. And he hit us up with a brand new jingle, which will lead us to our next segment. Hit it, Mike. Brain, 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 <laughs> I like it because it sounds like he's pissing at the very end. I mean, I know it's meant to be the sound of a drain draining, but it does sound like piss. It does sound a bit like piss, and I like that. <laughs> now, I am getting inundated with uh, uh, Dwayne, brain Dwayne moments. Thank um, you, so much that, by the way. We, thank yeah. you to the people who are sending them in. This is the best way for us to do this segment. If you spot a, a Dwayne brain, a Dwayne, no, what is it? Brain Dwayne. Brain Dwayne. Dwayne. Brain Dwayne, brain Dwayne uh, send it in. Where do people send it, Charlie? Uh, they can send, well, they can send it at two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. You can just uh, tag us or, or send us a message on Instagram if you want, or you can go to two guys, one cup AFL at Gmail. If you want to send us a longer form version. Um, there are so many to get through this week, but I've just picked a few. So I don't have a clips for all of them. This one was sent in by uh, pin who says, uh, during the sun's game, Dwayne's gone. The bombers have gone to school today. Sunday school, the Suns. <laughs> that's brain, a brain. That's Dwayne thinking in real time. He's like, there's a link here, Sun, Sunday school. They're getting schooled. You hadn't quite thought it out. It, can you just read that one one more time? <laughs> I need to get my head around it. The Bombers have gone to school today. The Bombers have gone Sunday to school today. Sunday school. Sunday school, the Suns. <laughs> 
sounds like a haiku. <laughs> Uh, now, before we get to our, our brain drain at the moment, we've got a couple of honourable mentions. So um, this was... God, I don't even know what game this was from. This is... Uh, Sunday this School. Is, the Suns. <laughs> just in case you didn't get it. Um, I think this is from the Richmond game. It, it may be from... An, it may be an Adelaide play. But this is um, Dwayne commentating a player uh, whose surname is Young. Oh, that's the second one he's given to Young. Wasn't a has- hospital handball this time. He slots it. Oh, to be young. <laughs> oh, to be young. Pretty good, Dwayne. Yeah, all right. Pretty good. That actually makes sense. And yeah. that and that's a good one. And I feel like that's one of his utility calls because Young's not an uncommon surname in the AFL. And, but that's and so, a good one. Like, it's on point. It's a good one. You're like, oh, in this moment, a person called Young has done something to be admired. Oh, to be young. I'd like to be him in this moment of doing that admirable thing. Checks yeah. out, Dwayne. This is like a Does good, solid piece of commentary. Yeah. Now, uh, the next one is probably one that everyone's heard. This is obviously Sam Draper oh, yes. kicked an amazing goal from the middle. So let's hear this. Hands it over to Guelphy. Draper wants it back. The brush off. Runs into space. Outside of the boot. He enticed him. He sliced him. He diced him. <laughs> Sounds sexy. <laughs> is it just me? Did he entice them? And then slice them and dice them. What was yeah, the first? He sold, one? A du- he sold some dummy. He enticed okay. them, so he sold he sold some candy, yeah. and then he sliced through. Yeah. So he sold some candy, gave the ball off, sliced through the fifty, yeah. got it back, and then kicked the goal, which diced him. So that's on the run, then, right? Do you think that's yeah. like that's Dwayne freestyling off the top of his head, yes. assessing oh, yeah. the situation and just going, he's enticed them, he's sliced them and he's diced them? Or has he gone away at some stage and gone, Slice this me. is like a good like combination of words that I should just have in my back pocket for this sort of situation? Well, is, is, is selling candy exclusively BTs? Because I think it is. And it would make sense that Dwayne's like, I need... Uh, something that talks about, you know, selling a dummy that isn't selling candy. So I think the entire slice and dice. Yeah. So he's like, you know, sense. selling candy. What about luring kids into a van with candy? <laughs> <laughs> so what's a nicer way of saying that? Oh, entice. Good. <laughs> entice. Uh, now, my favorite, though, um, is the most nonsensical of all of them. Um, I want to. Okay, I'll, I'll just. Play, I'll play the clip for you first, but then we have a follow up. So this okay. is this is the clip from the uh, the Tigers game. Back, Tarant, Tarantino. He crushed him. Doesn't make any sense. Tarant, Tarant, Tarantino. Tarantino. I don't think he crashed into a player called Tino. Like if he yeah. had like collided with a player called Tino, Tarant, Tarantino, crushed him. That would make sense. I believe it was just a contest, but he just got excited. Tarrant rolled off the tongue. Tarantino came out, and then he went back to the actual commentary. Surely, but, if you were going to do something that had to do with Tarantino, it's got to be about like the beauty. Pulp of- Fiction, like something like that. Oh, like, uh, okay. he's an inglorious bastard. Treats yeah. him like an inglorious bastard. <laughs> he tried to kill Bill Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he tried to kill. He didn't kill the Bill. He killed the pill. Tarant- Tarantino, <laughs> Tarantino kills the pill. I would have paid that. I wouldn't pay that. <laughs> Maybe wait until GWS are playing like Footscray and then you can do some sort of Reservoir Dogs like ah, reference with Tarrant yeah. and Tarantino. Or, now that one to me feels yeah. like definitely on the fly. There's no way he's thought up like Tarrant can go to Tarantino because he obviously he commentated himself into a box. Yeah, but you should have thought of that. That's one you should have prepped <laughs> because there's only a few places you can go with Tarrant, right? Tarantula, 
or Tarantino. Tarantino. That's about it, right? Yeah, what would you, where else could you go with that? Tur- something about ranting? Taranting and raving. Oh, yeah, okay, that's not like bad. That. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I would say is Tarantino, surely it's when somebody's, you're admiring the foot skills of somebody. Like if, oh, yeah. Tarrant, the skills. Beautiful feet. Tarantino. Tarrant, Tarantino. Oh, that's a deep cut. That would be, that'd be really good. That's, you're getting into Steve Cometti. I can fit Steve Monaghetti and Dennis Cometti. <laughs> the marathon runner commenter. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the bit of commentary. Tarrant, yeah. Tarantino crushed him. Mm. Now, uh, listener Matt Kazakos sent me a video of it. And it's Matt's reaction to it at the end, which I was, I've listened to this about 10 times because it made me laugh so much. I think Matt sums up how we all feel sometimes when we listen to Dwayne. What does that mean? <laughs> can, can you play that again, please, Mike? Is that possible to do something? What does that mean? <laughs> what, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's just like, Matt, you perfectly summed Word up like why we started this segment. Tarantino. <laughs> Quentin. Just, <laughs> just knuckle. I'm just saying words. <laughs> baffling. Absolutely baffling. <laughs> Uh, but we love it. And uh, well, while we are on um, mm-hmm. a Dwayne Russell uh, uh, run, by the way, uh, in searching around for this pocket profile, which we sizzled last week, we are doing a Dwayne Russell pocket profile. I found quite a few Facebook pages dedicated to Dwayne Russell. Like I thought maybe it was us, just our little corner of the world that kind of like had a real soft spot. But there's like numerous Facebook pages where people post their favorite bits of Dwayne commentary. Look, they haven't been updated uh, to 2022. A lot of them sort of finish in 2021, but there is a definite groundswell. I, I don't know. Is he with Fox or Seven? It's Fox, right? He's on Fox, yes. Yeah. Do they know what they've got on their hands? <laughs> How people... I mean, I think... like I, th- I like a Dwayne commentary game, I've got to say. Like, if I know that Dwayne's going to be commentating, I'm like, he's a good play-by-play commentator. And then he's, I think he's, he's pretty he, good. Like I think he's he, too breathless. He's too like I, I reckon that if if there's a bit more nuance, a bit more light and shade, because it's the breathlessness of everything. I mean, that's before we really got into Dwayne this year. I'd always say, think of Dwayne as like he's the hyperbole guy. Yeah. He's the guy who's like crumb of the year, goal of the year. That's got cream dripping off it. Like everything is the best you've ever seen. So if he could just like knock thirty percent off that, I think he'd be the best commentator going around. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you, but I do think there's something about the fact that he wants to be a showman. He he understands that it's meant to be entertaining. Like, I like that approach. I think he's in that middle ground of like he's like some of the other people on Seven who are very over the top. I don't think are, all, are amazing like play-by-play commentators, whereas I think Dwayne's a pretty – like, yes – he wants you to think that everything's a bit more exciting than it is. But I'd rather that than the opposite. Like people who seem to lose track of the game or like what they're meant to be doing or interest in the sport that they're commentating. Well, let's go to this pocket profile. Okay. So this was um, dug up Theme song. a Facebook. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Luckett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. 
fuck now I'm the robo. <laughs> you just had to you just had to hold me up. Okay. Uh, this is from a Facebook page called VFL Footy in the 1980s, which is actually I spent a bit of quite a quite a bit of time there last night. It's fun. You should check it out. It's not just from the 80s. They they sort of um, have broadened it to stretch into the 90s, but it's a real nostalgia hit for for Aussie rules from that era. Um, this is a pocket profile from I would I'm guessing there's no date, but I'm going to say it's from about 1988 or 89. So Dwayne okay. Russell started playing for the for the Cats in 87. Um, oh, I was going to give you the headline, but it actually gives away an answer. We can get to the headline at okay. the end of it. Um, okay. Different questions. So this might actually help you. This is like a fresh start okay. for you. All different questions. Um do you feel confident knowing him as a commentator that you'll know him as a player? No, because this is we're talking like how, what, the real what year did you say? This is like 20 years ago, right? 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, exactly. so, you know, he's a different person back then, Dwayne Russell. Well, maybe not. Maybe he is the same person. Maybe we'll find out that there are seeds here of the Dwayne Russell that we know today. I, th- I think that's a good... I think that's a good approach. Okay. Seeds. Right. Okay. Seeds. And I'll help you a lot. All right. Okay. What is his favorite position on the ground? Oh, okay. Um, it's, uh, my hint is it's not really, it's one of those positions that's not really named anymore. Like they don't, it, it sort of doesn't exist anymore. Um, okay. All right. So, um, uh, so, uh, so you mean like... Um, uh, well, he's an on-baller. Yes, All right. I'll give you that. Tagger? Much. No, no, no. Like it's it was it was definitely a position thirty years ago. Ruck like Rover. Had... No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was Greg Williams? A fantastic handballer. Yeah. <laughs> what position did he play? Or was he a rover? Center. Center. They don't really say centre anymore, do they? I mean, they're all just. Like, the what does it actually even now, mean being a? Being I mean, a if you, when was the last time you heard someone referred to as a ruck rover, right? Or even a rover? Just no, they're just baller. the followers, right? They're on the ballers. They're yeah. not even followers, mate. Well, all right, Grandpa. <laughs> it's not followers on ballers. Midfield brigade followers. Jesus, yeah, not 1999. The engine. Yeah. <laughs> Who's in the engine? Uh, yeah, he likes playing centre. Okay, okay, this is easy. Where was he born? Um, Geelong. Uh, oh, he was no, born South Australia. Oh, yeah. Is he South Australia or South Australia? Yeah, no, South, okay. Australia. South Australian. Yeah. Uh, he was he was born on the fourth of March in what year? Good year for the Saints. Um, he was born on the the fourth of the March in nineteen sixty. Fuck. Um, not nineteen sixty. Fuck. Nineteen sixty two. No, 1966. Ah, shit. What number does he wear? Um, oh God, I'm not starting well on Dwight. If you were, if you were, if you were Kelly Underwood, knowing the numbers that you've spat uh, out so far, 78. No. <laughs> it's number six. How tall is he? And forget the Kelly now. Okay, um, sorry. In how, centimeters. How tall is he in centimeters? Yeah, oh, he's between 180 and 190. Oh, okay. Um, one eighty-seven. I'll give you that one eighty-eight. Uh, how heavy is he? Between ninety and a hundred, which is much okay. bigger than I thought. It was. I was going to say he's so a real. I'm taller than him, but he was much heavier than I am. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he strikes me as with that kind of stocky, big-thighed, mm. kind of dominated Johnson okay, style. Okay, ninety-two. Oh, bingo! Ding, ding, oh, ding, okay. ding, ding. First ding. correct answer. Okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> 
<laughs> what Adelaide, uh, famous Adelaide football club, was he recruited from? The Port Adelaide Football Club. Correct. You're on a roll. This is good. Now, this is an enigmatic answer. This is the kind of answer that, um, like, if you're watching a Clint Eastwood film mm. or even like Mad Max, the man with, you know, like okay. some, a guy wanders into a town with two warring kind of factions, you know, and someone says, hey, What's your name? Mm-hmm. He says, mm. it's enigmatic. Who's asking? <laughs> that would be amazing if he said that to this poor 16 year old from the footy record. <laughs> I mean, not confrontational, a bit more enigmatic. Like, it's like. Uh, you can call me Ray. You can call uh, me Jay. Yeah, okay. You <laughs> can call. Kind of you can call me what you like, but I don't know if I'll answer. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Different people call me different things. Oh yeah, okay, you're right. Because isn't his real name Wayne? Like, isn't uh, that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so, different people do call him different things. It's like some people call yeah. you by your name. <laughs> what year did he play his first senior game for the Cats? Um. So I gave the answer away in the intro. Uh, yeah, I know, but I can't remember what you said. Um. 1982? God. <laughs> 1987. <laughs> um, and who was it against? Bonus points. Uh, One of our two teams. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, football honours? Mm. Nope. N-A. <laughs> N-slash A. None. That's right. <laughs> Is young Dwayne married? Uh-huh. Um, I know. I think he's married now. He's got kids but he was young then but he might be i'm gonna say yes correct so i think you've got a bit of a feel like you were hanging in there the opposition Mm. is like scoring at will but you are just pegging one or two back just to stay in the hunt this is not bad still in it rope a dope children well i know that he has some now um i'm gonna say yes maybe he did no 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 no. No, it's all about footy mate can't have sex before grand final and all that. Okay. You know, you know how it goes. All right. Well, he got over that. He's got kids now. <laughs> uh, does he have any siblings? Uh, oh, don't know. Uh, yes. What does he have? That's correct. Mm, he does. He has... He has one... Sister. Correct. Now, this is a fascinating answer, especially for 1980, late 80s, whenever he gave this interview. What is your occupation... He has the same occupation as one of the characters on the Brady Bunch. Architect? And it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Oh, butcher. Was he a butcher? <laughs> no. Um, was he... You're sexist. What? So women can't have jobs? Women on Brady Bunch can't have jobs? Um, he was a housekeeper? <laughs> he was a housekeeper! <laughs> Alice. Now, <laughs> I look... Uh, look... Forgive my ignorance, uh. but when you say a housekeeper, is that like saying you're a house husband? Like his wife was working, he was just a full-time footballer. So what do you do outside of football? I housekeep? Or is it actually a job where he was going and staying with the Brady Bunch and putting on a little blue uniform and I like <laughs> cleaning the I house? I like to think it was the second one. And, <laughs> yeah. and never would there have been more hyperbole around the cup of tea that he served you. <laughs> oh, jeez. That is the hottest cup of tea. That is beautiful. Peppermint, crisp on the lips. Oh, look at you with those carrots. You've sliced them. You've diced them. You've enticed me. <laughs> okay. 
So what school did he attend? My clue is, um, if I raked poo for a living, mm-hmm. what would you say my occupation was? That you were a poo raker. <laughs> Correct. He went to poo raker grammar, which might be pronounced piraka, but it's spelled P O R A K A. I'm sure everyone from South Australia oh, has no. turned their hair out. He was a poo raker. Um, what kind of car did he drive? Um, Just give me the uh, brand. A Holden. Mazda. They even make Mazdas in the late yeah. 80s, they think. Apparently. <laughs> um, okay. Favorite food. So he gives dinner and dessert. Oh. My clue for dinner. No wonder he was 92 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, the dessert especially. Um, so he, the, the, his dinner, his favorite dinner, yeah. if Ricky Nixon uh, yep. was an alcoholic trying to ward off vampires. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, drunk... Uh, Drunk. Drunken, uh, no. Uh, uh, so, oh, so, um, so it's garlic chicken, something garlic chicken. Correct. Um, is the drunken thing though? There's a like alcoholic. Yeah. There's a. What does alcohol do to you? Um, it's bad. What, what does it damage? Uh, I, I, chicken liver, garlic, garlic chicken livers. <laughs> You're pretty good. <laughs> I keep thinking these like like horrible cryptic crew, but you're actually I think you've learnt or something. I've, 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 it's Stockholm syndrome yeah, or something. Like an you've AI. actually gotten. I'm not getting better yeah. at knowing anything about footballers. I'm getting better at knowing you and your yeah. clues. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and his dessert. That's the mistake uh, that I've been making the whole time. I've been trying to get inside the head of the individual footballers every week, whereas the, actually what I really need to do is get inside your head and where you're coming from. <laughs> You don't want to spend too long in there, Will. Trust me. Uh, his dessert is a uh, Hagen Dazs Swiss almond chocolate ice cream. Wow! Is that? I mean, that was back before clubs had dietitians. Clearly, getting on the Hagen Dazs after dinner. Well, what's his favourite uh, drink? You know what Not I like alcoholic? about that, by the way. Can I just say? What? Yeah. That's a man who's always appreciated a little bit of luxury. Yeah, yeah. A man who's just Hagen like, das. I'm thinking about my dinner, but you know what I'm also going to have after all that, like garlic chicken? I'm going to have to have something afterwards for my palate and I'm going to have a sweet, delicious almond Hagen dazs ice cream. He's gone top shelf too. He didn't just say like <laughs> near, near Paul's Neapolitan. No. He's gone the Hagen dazs uh, What's his favorite drink? Non-alcoholic. Um, mm. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what it is, but you've got to give me the specific company. Okay. Orange juice. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was going to guess orange juice. Okay, I know well, I could that. just be saying that, but uh, I actually was going to guess orange juice. Um, Orchi? No. Uh, thought he might have been a bongs man, you know. He's on those hagen ice creams. He goes, I'd like to have an orange juice, turn the Orchi <laughs> into a bong, a and then eat myself an ice cream. <laughs> uh, I don't know what brand. Original Juice Company. Oh, okay. Uh, Favourite sport, apart from football, he names three. Mm. One of them is... Uh, he. Uh, I, uh, pink, if, if he did this, Pink might have wanted to marry him. Uh, so Pink was married to Corey someone. Whatever. Who's like a... Um, 
uh, isn't he like a motocross? Or Correct, like yep. motocross. Yep. Um, and then uh, two other very common sports uh, Australia. Basketball? Nope. Oh. One that Australia is pretty good at Cricket? has been. Yes. And the other one is we occasionally. No, we've. Well, yeah, we've had. Yeah, we've been pretty good at this too. Mm. Um, a lot of controversy around our best tennis player. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. Is name your favourite singer or group? He names two acts. Oh, great. Both uh, like very credible artists. One artist who still makes music today was in the news earlier this year, making a. He's always been political. He made a, another stand against a, a big multinational media company. Uh, so, uh, was that, oh, that was, um, uh, fuck, um, Neil Young. Neil Young. Yeah. And then his other favorite, um, could be a euphemism for your penis, mm. but a very well regarded band, not together anymore. Okay. Favorite of stoners. Okay. Not the Grateful Dead, the other one. Mm. Unless you call your penis the Grateful Dead. I was going to say, or fish, which is a weird thing to call your penis as well. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. So Two-word title. Um, uh, um, uh, no. Pink Floyd. Okay. You think you could call your penis Pink Floyd? It did not occur to me, no. <laughs> the great thing about this too is whatever intern conducted this interview has spelt Floyd, F-double-L-O-Y-T, as if it's like Lloyd with an F in front of it. Uh, what's his favourite holiday spot and why? Now, this is surprising to me, especially in 87. I didn't really know many people who went here, but this gives you a little, mm. you talked about his razzmatazz. Mm -hmm. This is a little insight into where Dwayne, I think was, his brain was going. Where's mm. his favorite holiday spot? International destination. Uh, so is it Hollywood? Hollywood, Los Angeles. Endless amounts of things to do and yeah. sports to see. Do you reckon that was the seed of a young Wayne Dwayne Russell thinking? Yeah, I absolutely do. It does, does have a bit of American commentator about it. Oh, heaps of it. I, I imagine yeah. that he's styled a lot of his... Like, I think he has a much more international style of calling, like, football than, like, you know, some of the traditional, like, yeah, what we associate as being, like, Australian commentators. He has, he has a global view, I think. Uh, what is his favourite TV show? Mm. Okay, clear. Um well, for someone who doesn't drink, mm, apparently, mm, or doesn't, at least didn't name alcohol okay. as a favorite cheers. drink, it's odd that, cheers. And he also says, and any sport, yeah. <laughs> any sports telecast. Uh, what are his favorite movies and why? Uh, sorry, I, they keep asking why, but he never answers yeah. them. So what's his, he gives like, I'm not movies. giving um, all the, my shit away. Yeah. You get my favorite movies, you don't get why they're my favorite movies. Um, the first one is a Monty Python mm. classic. So that's, you can pick from three. Yeah, I guess, the Life of Brian. Correct. And the second one is about people escaping and it's a great effort. <laughs> a great effort to do it. Wow, okay. I can't imagine what this great escape is that you're describing. Uh, who is the biggest... Now, this is sad. By the way, the, biggest the great escape yeah. is that generation Shawshank, surely. Yeah, I mean, right? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the biggest influence on your career and why he doesn't name a person. 
this is actually quite a, a sad, it's a kind of a melancholy answer. It sort of suggests about something that is, it's, it's, it's almost wistful really. Like what's the, big, the biggest influence in your career? You would think that that is like, oh, you know, this person, he's actually talking about what has held him back. Confidence? <laughs> that would be <laughs> wonderfully honest and, and vulnerable. And I wish he had said that. But no, injuries. <laughs> the answer's injuries. Imagine if you said that. Sometimes I just don't... Like, I don't know if I belong. I've got, I've got imposter, imposter syndrome. <laughs> In fact, I think I'd be much better behind the microphone. Something tells feel me like a Dwayne, really not a Wayne, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, most admired sportsman and why. He gives four answers. Mm. Well, he kind of gives five answers. But okay, the first one. Um, uh, kick the ball a really long way. Uh, kick the ball a really long way. So, South Australian legend. Uh, <clears throat> um, no. Oh, come on, mate. Who? Oh, Malcolm Blight. Brownlee medalist, Malcolm Blight. Uh, you might say this next person is fabulous. Phil Carmen. Correct. Uh, you might say this guy probably should have managed his kids' football careers. He had three sons who played football, one of them pretty well for a long time, but he probably shouldn't have negotiated on never, never half. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I, wanted, if I wanted to be invisible, I might give this guy a call. This is more a uh, podcast mic question. Hey, Mike, if I wanted to be invisible, you might say I need... An invisibility cloak? Yeah. Oh, David Cloak. Good. Good nerd clue. I appreciate that podcast, Mike. Thank you. Uh, no, it wasn't David Cloak. It was Peter Cloak. Who's, who's, who's oh. David Cloak? Who's, who's Peter Cloak? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Another clue that leads nowhere. Uh, he also says Barry Stringer, who I don't know. Who, uh, do you know who that is? Is that name ring a bell? Mm, it's probably some South Australian legend. Do you think he's related to Jake? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and anyone who played for North Adelaide when he was a kid okay. and a few of the guys I play with now. So the question is, most admired sportsmen, he says Malcolm Blight, Phil Carmen, Peter Cloak, Barry Stringer, anyone who played for North Melbourne when I was a kid and a few of the guys I play with now. I mean, fucking, who isn't a great one of your most admired sportsmen? Well, I guess when you're looking from Dwayne's perspective, which was that he was, I mean, by the way, like a much better sportsman than I could ever aspire to be, but... You know, it was, yeah, he found his spot in the sport in commentary rather than like on the football field, really. So I guess like he was just being honest. He admired all of them. He's like, like there's half a dozen guys I play with who I look, like, how the fuck do you do that? I can't do that. Uh, who is your boyhood idol and why? Now, I had to look this up. This guy was a Romanian tennis player oh, yeah. who's he's got a name that sounds like a Beastie Boys album. Mm, uh, Ilya Nastasi. Yeah, well done. That sounds like two Beastie Boys albums put together. It's a good license to Ilya Nastasi. A good clue, like for me and me alone. <laughs> now I'm in your head. Uh, what are your advice for youngsters? Uh-huh. Pretty generic. Um, pretty generic advice. Respect your parents. Strive to be your best. Mm. What is your match day routine? Okay, good. I mean, you could just take a guess and you'll probably get it right. Uh, he names one, two, three, four, 
three, four, five things. Well, he finishes it with, I played. Right. So he has breakfast. <laughs> uh, that comes at number three. Oh, he gets, Two things gets, before breakfast. Gets out of bed. Has a wank. <laughs> <laughs> with the best commentary of all time. Like, I've sliced oh, it. Oh, baby. <laughs> I've diced it. <laughs> Uh, no, he uh, he does some physical exercise first thing in the morning. Uh, does some push-ups. Jogs. Goes for a jog. Then he does recovery. Day. He does a recovery exercise after that. Stretches. Stretches. Then breakfast. Yeah. Then one last thing before he goes to play. Kisses his wife on the lips. <laughs> As a wank. <laughs> you mentioned that twice, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> Uh, has a shower and then he just, goes. He goes just in here listening to some Pink Floyd, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest disappointment and why? Injuries. Because they've not curtailed playing. his career in some way. <laughs> not playing in a grand final with the Cats. Uh, and that would be something he would never do. I don't think he played in 89, did no, he? I doesn't don't seem think to, so. I don't think it rings a bell. Um, all right. That was the pocket profile for this week. Let's finish up okay. with some letters. We'll go to the mailbag. Uh, lots of people have written into us. If you want to get in contact, you can. We're two guys, one cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Every Monday or Sunday night, we put a call out for questions. This uh, questions and comments. This is coming from Mork. How much less do you think the an average AFL fi- fan knows about tactics and strategies compared to coaches and top players? I can't make up my mind if AFL is really technical or just very good athletes competing to see who can put on the most per- pressure and kick straight. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm in the same boat. I I can't differentiate like tactics and strategies from effort. It's one of the same, isn't it? It's hard to tell. Like it, it often seems to be in retrospect that you can go, "Here's what they did, and look how well this worked." But you're like, "Yeah, but aren't they trying to do that every week? <laughs> like, didn't that just work for once?" Uh, April says uh, Charlie Dixon placing Angus Brayshaw on the ground gently instead of smashing him into the turf after lifting him to the air was the most adorable AFL moment of the year. Did you see this highlight? See, <laughs> so funny. <laughs> this is people like you know. There's that politician Tim Smith. I shouldn't even mention his name, yeah. but like he was Ugh. like, you know, the AFL's too woke and we need to you know bring back assault into the game the for people home. to be able to enjoy it. Well, he's got to see that clip because that was adorable. I, I say more of these adorable moments. James says, Charlie, taking the emotion out of this week, what odds would you give St Kilda winning the flag before you die? Well, on my entire life's history, zero. Uh, you also, know what, though? Do you think- you're fit and like you've got like a daughter. <laughs> you've got something to live for. Like I feel like it, you might. Just squeeze out another 40 years. Yeah, but I think it's going to be up to you, not to them. I feel <laughs> I feel like the onus is really on you for you to hang in. Uh, James also says, I think Tim English looks like uh, someone cut a big slice off big boy McAvoy. Oh, yeah, I, I could see that. Like if Ben McAvoy split in two to play like two different games, that could be him. Um, Jeremy says, did you know that on this day 10 years ago, everyone's favourite Frenchman kicked 12 goals? Mark Ledozen was born. I did see that. Uh, Tim says, just wanted to have a huge shout out to a few of the Swans players who came out to the Hawkesbury during the recent flooding and hand delivered food packages to families who were cut off. At one stage, they walked through knee deep water just so a few families could eat for a few days. Legends. I mean, hats off to the Swans, but 
Seriously, who is in charge of player welfare that you'd let Terrible them wade through floodwaters, which are notoriously dangerous? Oh, exactly. Any open wounds? Or... I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mark sa Matt says did you know that Mark Lecrae kicked 15 goals on the weekend so fucking good on you Mark Lecrae I know you're trying to bait me into doing a <laughs> Mark Lecrae it isn't going to happen fellas uh, I've retired it for the time being uh, Donk <laughs> the Donk given their loss to North Melbourne on the weekend are Richmond the new lead candidate to relocate to Tasmania you think about it Revolt Richardson and the Tasmanian Tigers it all makes sense holy shit it does make sense when you put it like that doesn't it I mean, can you imagine, like, they'd burn down Richmond, like, if Richmond moves to Tasmania. Well, but alternatively, if they could act, if they could successfully sell it to the members, they would become the biggest club in Australia by none. They'd have an entire state behind them. Okay. And then they'd I, have their... I, I, I have a proposal. Because, like, one of the things that they're yeah. saying is that there's not the infrastructure like in Tasmania that doesn't have the population to support like a local team. What if the Tasmanian government as part of the deal say they are willing to relocate any Richmond member who wants to go and live in Tasmania? Yeah. So you like... That's a great idea. Yeah, right? Like there'd be a whole bunch yeah. of people like who were just like... Mate, have you seen the fucking climate modeling? Right, yeah. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great deal. It's, it's a fucking bargain. <laughs> Do it. I mean, Punt Road's going to be underwater in 30, 40 years. Like, do it. Get to Tassie. Uh, a few more questions, Will. Uh, Yellow Wattle says, do we think Dusty is going to Sydney? No. I don't think so either. I can't see it. Uh, 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 on, on the Swans uh, train, Yazoo wants to know, is Chad Warner the best under 22-year-old player in the comp? No, Nick Dacos is by yeah. a fucking long I mean, I know we didn't, haven't really talked about Nick Dacos but Ugh. it's sort of it hurts I mean <laughs> hurts he's so that... good though like he's, he's so just good. so good um, yeah. uh, but like I will say Warner he is an unexpected gem like he has had such a good season and every time I say he play, was the guy who I said a few weeks ago looks like Steve yeah. Sanders from Beverly Hills 9219 turns out is a good footballer he doesn't like I, I think early on I was like, yeah, he gets it a lot, but he just kind of looks a bit awkward and I don't think he's going to be like an absolute champion. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 he's an absolute champion. <laughs> Son of a bitch. The Swans like just keep doing it. Uh, Brian says, Collingwood are really going to shithouse their way to a grand final, aren't they? What does that mean? Well, you heard that term, shithouse your way? I mean, Collingwood are just one of those teams that there is a bit of still... Like, they're not playing perfect football. They just are winning games of football. But you've got to admire it. Like, they just keep winning. Yeah. I, I don't have to admire it. Don't tell me Don't tell me what to do. Okay, you boss. don't have to admire it. <laughs> I admire it. Uh, and lastly, EPD82, who was Cheeky Jack calling when he did the old... I mean, no one, right? Because, like, he didn't have a phone. He was just pretending to have a phone. You can't. I think he was trying to provoke the crowd. Are you unfamiliar with? <laughs> I was going to say I don't think you can actually call fan someone. Interaction. If he's got like a fake phone where he can call someone, he should not be able to take that on the field. That is outside the laws of the game. Well, like Inspector Gadget, he's got can you know just pulls an aerial out of his thumb. Yeah, but I mean with the like AFL that. betting regulations, you can't be having like oh, yeah. a, like an aerial in your thumb. That's. Oh, do you think that's who he's calling? Well, that's a hot take. <laughs> it's Jack Ginnivan. Should be brought under uh, under scrutiny for, you know for making I'm a not, bet. I'm not getting a lot of freeze. Back off, back <laughs> off the multi. 
All right, that is two guys, one cup for another week. Thank you so much. If Hey, if you like what we do on this show, why don't you check out some other podcasts that Will and I do, sometimes together, sometimes separately, at tofop.com. There's a bunch of great content there. Huge back catalogue of podcasts, so you can lose yourself for a while there. And Will, do you have anything to plug? Oh, yeah, I do. So um, Sydney this week uh, from Wednesday night, Five shows only on my show were logical at the Sydney Comedy Store. It's uh, selling very fast, so getting quick if you want to see that. And then uh, one final night of it, which is uh, Sunday, I think August the 7th or August the 8th, whatever it is. Um, I will quickly look. Yes, it is Sunday, um, August the 7th. I, that is the final time I'm ever going to do Logical. That is in Melbourne at the Athenaeum Theatre, and it's about half sold out already. So getting quick if you want to come and see that. I would like to have a big full room. And uh, I'd like to plug a podcast, uh, another podcast I do with Osher Ginsberg, Dad Pod Season 4, back now with expert advice. So if you are a dad-to-be or a dad who's trying to find your way through this incredibly uh, rewarding but frustrating experience, uh, hopefully you can find, get some tips from our pod. Uh, Osher and I had babies around at the same time. We are going through this journey together and uh, we need expert advice. Basically, this podcast is a ruse to get free advice from pediatricians from around Australia, some of the best minds when it comes to children. Dad Pod, find it where you get your good podcast. But for now, play on, not 15. Bye. We are two guys, one car. Listener.